Hi, this is Ben Lowe with Back to the Bible Canada and Truth and Life Today with Dr. John Newfeld. And we're continuing our series of questions from, from viewers and listeners. And uh, before we continue, just to know that you can subscribe to Truth and Life Today on YouTube, uh, like us on Facebook, and download our Back to the Bible Canada app where you can see Truth and Life Today every day. So, Dr. John, welcome. Thank you. It's, uh, we've had some great conversations after, over the last few weeks. Uh, we had a conversation about money, uh, another one about, about our struggle with habitual sin. We yeah. talked about that. And we talked about last week about the church and the role of the church and uh, the importance of our attendance and membership at a church and, and how the church, evangelical church, uh, is actually in, in, in a growth mode in our country today. And today we're gonna talk about uh, the book of Revelation. Now you've done a great series, or we're about halfway through this yeah. series. Uh, the Triumph of the Lamb is the name of the series, and you've done volume one and volume two, and uh, we look forward to the next two volumes as well. Uh, but some, it, it stimulated some questions, and the book of Revelation is always going to do nothing but stimulate questions. And so we wanna talk about some of the things that the listeners uh, are thinking about, and, and some of the uh, implications of our study. So let's start right off the top. Why do you think it's so difficult for some Bible teachers to actually uh, get around the book of Revelation? They, they tend to avoid uh, teaching the book. Yeah, I mean, uh, I received one response now where a listener said he didn't want to listen anymore or be involved because he disagreed with something that I had said on chapter 7 and the 144,000. So because I didn't take the line that he wanted me to say, he said, I'm not gonna to listen to you anymore. And so a lot of people recognize that there's that vitriolic response that some people have to the book of Revelation. So there are a lot of Bible teachers who say, it's just not worth the hassle um, because no matter where I go on something, I can go one way and then I have a group of people that disagree over there and well, I go the other way and then these people disagree. So there's just no win in this thing. Yeah. So they, they tend to be fearful about even touching that. And I think by being fearful, um, I, I think we're harming the body of Christ. I think the body of Christ desperately needs this book. I mean, obviously God put it into the canon, so we need it. Yeah, yeah. And, and we had this... Uh this need also to struggle with it, don't we? Yes, that's a very good point. I mean, Ben, I, I think what we need to do is, is read it. Um, you know, so many of us just know what a certain Bible teacher said about it, but they haven't looked and struggled with it themselves and actually kind of work their way through. So I think it's okay to listen to different perspectives on it and then read through it again and say, you know, I'm trying to understand it for myself. I think that's what we should be doing. So how significant are the differences <laughs> between Christians and teachers in respect to Revelation? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, ben, sometimes you and I have talked about this, and I talk about having the truths of Scripture in three different hands. I know we only have two hands. Yeah. Maybe I call my nose a hand or something. I don't know. But, but one hand is the closed fist. Yeah. These are the truths that we fight for, and if someone will not hold them with me, I won't call them my brother or sister in Christ. Okay. I mean, that's how significant these things are, and they are things like the Trinity. There are things like uh, the atoning death of Christ justifies us. I mean, they are all the second coming of Jesus, that he is coming visibly to judge the living and the dead, is that kind of a truth. Okay. Then there are other truths that we hold in a in a guarded hand, I, you know, we, we guard it fiercely, but there may be people on the other side that don't hold this. I know they're believers, 
but I just know also that if they continue on, you know, they're moving in a trajectory that goes to very bad places, so I warn. Mm -hmm. There are some truths that I hold in an open hand. There are good and godly people who disagree about certain things. Doesn't mean they're not important, but if we disagree, uh, we want to say, you know, there isn't a other Bible, you know, that doesn't impact a bunch of other things. Yeah. I would see an example would be on millennialism. Okay. You know, as you know, the listeners may or may not know about me, I'm a premillennialist, which means I believe there is coming a literal 1,000-year reign of Christ. Yeah. Uh, there are others who are amillennialists who believe that the language around the millennium is symbolic. Now, I disagree with that for all sorts of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I never warn those people. I'll argue with them, yeah. but it's a very different kind of an argument. So somehow I think believers need to have this understanding within themselves so that we don't divide on the wrong things. Okay. So if you disagree with me on the 144,000, mm-hmm. maybe we can have an earnest debate on that, but let's recognize that one we held in an open hand and there is no reason for ever rejecting another person on basis of that. Okay. So, so are there non-negotiables in the book of Revelation then? Yes, there are. I mean, the non-negotiables are that Christ is returning visibly mm-hmm. and he will judge the living on the dead. The dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are left will be joined to meet the Lord in the air and thus we will be ever with him. There is a great white throne of judgment in which all the nations of the earth must stand and they will be judged. The eternal future of the human race is heaven or hell. These are in fact uh, closed-fisted things yeah. and we defend them with all of our might. What we might disagree in, you know, um, often individuals will say, do you believe in the rapture? And Ben, my response to that always is, every believer believes in the rapture. It means we're caught up to meet the Lord in the air. What the disagreement is all about is the timing of the rapture. And so should we actually uh, excommunicate one another on that issue? Now, I know there are other issues as well, and they, one of the issues is, you know, how shall we understand the role of Israel in end times? And some, you know, and so we have all sorts of questions about that. But surely, on the timing of the rapture, I, I can't understand why some believers have become so, on both sides, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 you know, those of us or those, I actually hold to a later rapture, so those who hold to a pre-tribulational rapture should remember in humility that the idea of a pre-tribulational rapture is only 150 years old. Those on the other side should also remember that the people who hold this are good biblicists and should not be subject to ridicule by people on the other side. So I've heard ridicule on both sides, and I think, frankly, it's time to stop. It's time to have an engaged conversation on Revelation that often is welcoming and open yeah. and respectful. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm hoping for. It seems to me then that if there are this many absolute truths that we need to have a, have a sense of or a grip on as Christians, and we really do uh, do the follower of Jesus a disservice by not studying the word. I love certain images in Revelation. I, I love the image of the Father who's on the throne, hands the Lamb of God, the scroll that is in his hand, the the scroll of the destiny of the human race, the scroll when it is opened, opens up the kingdom of God. 
But before that happens, all of heaven says, who is worthy to take the scroll and break the seals and enact the plan of the Father? And John begins to weep and says, no one was found worthy. And they said, stop weeping. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the great conqueror, who is the lamb that was slain, is worthy to take the scroll. I mean, it's hard to read that. And even if you disagree with where along in the prophetic calendar that belongs, stop at the image and hear the authority of our Christ and what his death on the cross has accomplished for us. And there are individuals who have, you know, actually read through Revelation and they've not understood, you know, how the sequence of of events actually works, but simply have paid time or paid attention to some of the hymns of praise and the adoration of Christ that's found there and have been overwhelmed with the book. So perhaps, perhaps we should allow this this praise to Christ and to the one who's seated on the throne to, to, to overwhelm us as we read the book. Would you, would you think that it would, be, it would be wise to be telling people to simply pick up the book of Revelation and read it and try and put away the baggage that all of us have put on it and maybe we'd be enlightened a little bit more as to the good things it has to offer? Well, Brian, I think I've got a lot of baggage when I get into Revelation. So, I mean, you've been sitting with me as I've been teaching yeah. through the book and, and you will know that I've got some pretty clear ideas about where it's supposed to be going. Yeah. Um, and, I, and actually, Ben, I think I'm right. And I don't think I'm right because it's just because I happen to agree with this theory because I think reading through it, um, that's the best take. Yeah. There will be others. I have a very dear friend who pastors a church in, in Hamilton, and you know him as well, and uh, he, he disagrees with me on a number of issues. And, and we've had some wonderful conversations. It's not divided us. Yeah. It's actually unified us even more because we both recognize that we have something to hear from the other. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's been helpful. So I think if we approach this thing knowing what's in the closed hand, knowing what's in the guarded hand, knowing what's in the open hand, when we know how to do that, we tend to be a little more gracious to each other. And for me, that's my plea in the book. Yeah. You know, can we be gracious? So, so is it a book for the professionals, though, quite literally? Well, I hope it is, but I hope it's also a book for everybody. Okay. But it is. It is both. Yeah. It is both. And so I would encourage, believers have been encouraged by this, you know, for the 2,000 years, or, you know, it was obviously written at the end of the first century, um, for the, the, the many years that we've had this book. We've been encouraged by this book. And I think, and if I could add something as well, especially for churches that are suffering, Persecuted churches worldwide have turned consistently to this book. They see the the wrath of the beast that rages against the people of God, and they've come to realize that his day only extends for a limited period of time. So there are those who will read it and say, look, all conversation about the Antichrist is just the spirit of Antichrist. We're always in the Great Tribulation, and there will be those who say that, no, it's a time in the future. But we can agree on this. The spirit of Antichrist is always in the world. And what we read about this should be taken to heart. We should say, I too am among the people of God who have been suffering for their faith. I too hope in the eventual triumph of the Lamb. And my hope is not a misplaced hope. So I may disagree on the details, which are interesting to me, but the overall message is remarkably the same even when we disagree on the details. Yeah. And that's the, really the interesting thing about the yeah. thing. Yeah, 
is. So I, I, I think I'm going to be corrected when I get to heaven, but I can't see where. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess to conclude, should the book of Revelation separate us or unite us? That's great. That's a good question. I think the book of Revelation, even while we know that it's a highly symbolic book and can lead us in different directions uh, if we're not careful, at the same time, we, we need to recognize that it teaches us so unequivocally the, the power, the authority, the beauty of what our Christ has done on our behalf. And when I look at the centers of power in this world today, I recognize there's a throne room that's greater than all the throne rooms of this world. The one seated on the throne is the one who has the final word. That's what Revelation tells me. And I'm telling you, Ben, that unites true believers. What a great word. Thanks so much, John. And uh, I just really do want to encourage people uh, to get... Uh, to become aware of the, the book of Revelation again, to read it for themselves. And your series has been so helpful for me, so I thank you for that. And, and they can get that series through backtothebible.ca. You can listen to it online or on our mobile app or many other uh, ways to listen to our program. But thanks so much, John. And uh, join us again next week for more of Truth and Life Today. And if you'd like to know more about Back to the Bible Canada or support this ministry that is a donor-based ministry, you can go back to the Bible.ca or call us at 1-800-663-2425. We hope you're enjoying the new Truth and Life Today show with Dr. John Newfeld. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode each week. But we want you to be involved in the show. To submit your own personal questions to Dr. John, you can email us at info at backtothebible.ca or find us on Facebook by searching Truth and Life Today.